0: are we are we like doing an intro probably
1: not we kind of say this every time but yeah
0: <laughs> at some point at some point this show will have an intro but it also already has a this cool intro music b david gary wood and c me daniel Yick. hi everyone nice to hear you this is the intro in fact <laughs> dave how's it going yeah not too bad thank you how are you daniel awesome I am great um I have left so much lawyer and contract stuff behind me, and then spent a week in Sweden, which is one of the reasons that this podcast is a little bit late mm-hmm. and then uh I've jumped straight into work on telemetry deck and um it's just been amazing like how much how much stuff i i I did actually get done just because uh, I don't know the the ios app and the mac app are now open source and Ooh. like slightly lower priority so i I kind of know oh wait did i tell you that we should get into that in a second keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay and so like because now they're kind of a little bit lower priority because like um i can i can fully concentrate on the on the web dashboard and new features for that and me and lisa have just been like overflowing with ideas and stuff like that that's, it's it's been really awesome
1: awesome that's great to hear um I think just for listeners of the show to sort of take it, take this in this has happened because you've you've got to a different stage with telemetry deck and how things are, are running.
0: Yes, correct. Um there will be an announcement about that soon. Okay. Um but um like we're still working a bit on the wording and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so it will take another week or two, okay.
1: But context-wise different phase you're now past the phase that saw you dealing with Lots and lots of legal stuff, and right. right back into everything you love. The
0: development and and also the customers, to be fair, awesome.
1: Yeah, let's talk a bit about that open sourcing because I'm I'm curious about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, um. So about about a year ago, I had several long phone calls with Peter Steinberger, of PS PDF Kit fame and he was like uh stop you stop stop developing that that mac app and just like go for the web because you really need to uh, be able to also access the customers that are using android and the ones that are using windows on the desktop and um i kind of didn't believe him at first but i actually did start working on a, on a, on a web app and over time it has proved to be correct um the the Mac desktop app and the iPhone app are still like really near and dear to my heart. But it turns out it's just too much work to continually push all three. Like if I, put a, if, if I create a new feature for the editor, for example, I would have to implement it at least two and a half times, like once in JavaScript and once in Swift and then maybe with two different UIs. Mm-hmm. And right now, since I'm, let's say 90% of the code that gets written uh, for telemetry deck is written by me and uh, that's just not so s- sustainable no it's not so the idea is to not deprecate the the native apps but to lower them in priority yep we are now calling the dashboard app we call uh, which is the web app we are calling that the canonical uh, way of interacting with telemetry deck yep um you can you can open it in any browser. It works on <laughs> Windows and Mac and Linux. And you can also like just send a link of the screen that you're on to your coworker or something like that. And um so the Swift apps, which is just one code base actually, has been open sourced. It's uh on GitHub in the I think the repository is called uh telemetry deck slash telemetry viewer. Mm-hmm. And um, like we, I put it under an MIT license, and the idea is to every now and then give it some love, and also be very generous in accepting pull requests. Yep. And um, once we have more, let's say, bandwidth, then we can we can try and bring bring those back up to par. But until then, I can, for example, add new features to the editor. Or let's say new types of charts, uh, without having like without being too too afraid to like disappoint people because maybe the chart type will not be displayed in the in the native app, yeah, because it hasn't been implemented there yet. But people can still view it on the web, and it does mean. And of it, course, that's not ideal because yeah, if some if
1: somebody is desperate to have that over in the app, they can go and submit to PR
0: right and, and work on it themselves right um yeah so of course it's not ideal because um especially the desktop app is just pretty and nice and it has its own icon it's just different from in a browser yeah but that's just the realities of how it works right now and yeah i hope everyone is still happy with it Uh Yeah and people can have a look at the apps uh, they are completely written in swift ui no uh, view models though i think like there there might be a, like one view model in the in the editor i okay. think okay and um yeah it's it's just a tiny part of giving back to, to the community because we we could have just like thrown those in the bin but that would have been so sad yeah. so this way um people can still use, use it
1: well that's cool that's cool. And then that gives a a window into um into telemetry deck itself for people to check in and have a oh, look. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually someone because in the blog post that I wrote about um open sourcing, I also wrote that it is sometimes very hard to write a good Swift UI app on a Mac. And we have run into various problems. Yeah. And actually, someone from Apple reached out and asked me, like, hey, do you have radars? <laughs> do you have, um, for, for, for those problems? And I, I, I don't have, like, I have some radars, but actually about half of them have been fixed. Yeah. Um, but, I um I haven't answered to the email yet because most of those problems are very multifaceted. Yeah. Like, they're race conditions that kind of trigger. They're like, like display bugs that I've encountered, then tried to fix, and then finally just worked around. Yeah. So it's really hard to extract those into proper... Um, proper like things i found one ios 16 bug recently that i actually did did file a radar for like many like people on twitter have also pointed this one out it's about on ios like the the bottom toolbar seems to not work anymore in some cases yeah so i actually did create like a tiny tiny um example project that just reprodu- reproduces the bug beautifully and let's see how that goes uh,
1: yeah it's hard It's it's hard because you can have a Cobase, like the one you've got uh, for telemetry Dex app, and the context required to get to just that specific problem sometimes is not as easy as like you say spinning up a, an example app with just that one thing. You know, like of course, yeah, it, it's never just. Usually, those those edge cases reveal themselves like two or three layers down, um, and I can I can understand why. A lot of people don't file radars when they they hit that point, they just go right okay, I'll work around it.
0: Um I mean, I think I think I would be more like I, I usually am motivated to file radars. Yeah. Uh I think I would be more motivated if I saw more of a status on them. Um like for example, I have right now uh, I think four radars open. Yep. And I like uh, one of those has definitely been fixed because my test project uh for that bug is now um, like works and doesn't reproduce the error anymore. That was like the the most egregious one actually. It was um a memory leak where just changing a state variable multiple times would um result in just the consuming more and more memory and never never really releasing it. Ooh. So I had this tiny tiny um example project that would just like have a button that said click this button to increase the memory usage and if you had xcode in the background you would just click the button and see like the usage go up by half a megabyte (laughs) so if you clicked it multiple times you could just really quickly bring it to uh, hundreds of megabytes (laughs) and um, because uh, the telemetry deck viewer had so many status changes of course and many state variables um, if people would let it run overnight and it would like every now and then update its charts uh that it would like they would come back to their computer and they, the next morning and it would just consume multiple gigabytes of ram and they'd have to qu- to kill the app and that has definitely been fixed because um rebuilding that thing on xcode i want to say 13.4 or 3 has fixed the bug. It is now um, my my test project doesn't trigger it anymore, um, and I I've stopped receiving complaints about about uh, increased memory usage. Yeah, but the the radar is still open, and like what I really would like is a status that says okay we've seen this, and another one that says all right like this is in the pipeline some- somehow, mm-hmm. and then another one that says okay we've we've now fixed this, and they probably don't want to that we've now fixed this status because they don't want to leak new features or development or something mm-hmm. like that but even the first two would be really really motivating but it would be nice
1: if that this is now fixed could just be tied to to when something goes live on their side yeah and then too. the disclosure doesn't matter um because it's that historic thing that that's the problem and I guess the other thing I think is the status that tells you it's been rejected outright as well, you know. Oh yeah, that would also be very helpful. Somebody's looked at this and they've just gone, "Thanks, <laughs> you know, right. this isn't a thing," <laughs> um, or whatever the equivalent of that is, because um, they must get that too. And I think that's that's part of the reason the barrier is what it is in terms of you know needing to provide all of this this info. To reproduce it as well. Um, otherwise, they just have people dedicated to sifting through what
0: people have reported. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a hard problem, really, yeah. because yeah, so many people report the bugs, and you need like you—they only have finite people to to really sift through them. Yeah, yeah. But still, um,
1: it's good that ones you filed have been addressed, though, and you're able to not have those problems now.
0: Um, yeah one of them one of them is still unaddressed which ah if that one were addressed like i would really reconsider um like the mac app or putting more effort into it um it is about split view uh, or um yeah so imagine your mail app you have three there's this typical three pane layout you have a left sidebar then you have in the middle you have the list of your messages and then on the right you have uh, the the actual like content of the messages, yep. and so that is very easily rep- reproducible in SwiftUI on the Mac because if you just um, I think it's even called a split view. Uh, it might also it might be called navig- uh, it might also be an instance of instance of navigation view. It's yeah, so a navigation uh, view I, with a way.
1: style. I think a specific style. Right, right. That's
0: that's the one. Yep. That's the one. Okay, so. It's a navigation view with a style that is applied. And so if you just chuck in three views, they will behave exactly like that, including the widths. So the leftmost will be very, very narrow. Then the next one will be kind of narrow. And the third one will occupy about half of the window size. And you can drag and drop to rearrange those, but but they will always revert to those sizes after a while. And now consider your Xcode window. So Xcode has the main content in the middle, and to the le- to the left and to the right are sidebars that are optically and just like from the hierarchy, very much to the side. And that's kind of how I want to lay out my data because it's very similar. On the left you have the the different apps, so you can switch between apps. Then in the middle you have the actual charts for those apps, and on the on the right you can have a, an editor for a selected chart or something like that. And that, um. That has so many bugs <laughs> in SwiftUI. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, you can't, you can't, um, you can't reliably force them to be in this configuration. If you drop down to UIKit, uh, AppKit actually AppKit. Yeah. So if you drop down to AppKit, then you can kind of a- adjust the the sizes of the of the panes. Okay. And that will usually work, but it will mess up your toolbar slightly, and also, if you accidentally hide a one of the one of the sidebars, um then only sometimes can you make it reappear programmatically. Like they will they they will have these icons. For example, Xcode has those too, like hide the right navigator or something like that. Yep. Uh the inspector is called, I think. That's right, yeah. And um so I wanted to have that kind of button and then uh, like it works about three out of four times <laughs> and then it just doesn't and you can't you can't make your your inspector reappear oh and, no um yeah
1: yeah that sounds like you're just you're hitting the edge of um the swift ui yeah app kit bridge
0: as it were so during during last year's WWDC and this year's WWDC, I did book um, sessions with uh, subject matter experts from Apple, and explained to them uh, my my goals and how I, how I tried to reach them, and also how I tried to hack them using the the AppKit workarounds, and they they. Both of the times they looked at this and they were like, "Oh yeah, they, I see that this is a real problem, and it would be really nice to achieve that." And also, wow, you like it's really impressive what you what you made the thing do using the AppKit <laughs> hack. Uh, but also, we can help you. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, so I did what every Apple app also does like for example itunes is i'm kind of faking it so i have just a unified toolbar so the toolbar in a proper split view is also yes. split but instead i have just i have a unified toolbar which doesn't look as good but okay and then just in the main view i just have a uh a, a an um h yeah. stack with just my main view and the and the inspector view I can show and hide it, I can interact with it, and it just works. It just doesn't look yeah. as nice. And resizing is kinda kinda um difficult to get right, so I kinda just didn't do it. That's, but, that's frustrating. Yeah. And that times a hundred is like is, is what it's working on like that times a hundred is what it's like working on a Swift UI app app for the Mac right now. Yeah. Which it's not super nice. I keep hearing this about
1: about SwiftUI macOS development, and it does. It feels a bit off-putting to me. And that, like, I know I can go and do, um, most things now for iOS in SwiftUI. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it's totally possible to make um, a very good app with SwiftUI and some minimal, you know, UI kit hacks or dropping down to, to that sort of stuff. It really depends on, mm-hmm. on the type of app and everything else. But um, in my new little utility app, the video to audio converter I've been making, that's like entirely Swift UI, except for the, the video playback layer, for example.
0: Um, Very nice.
1: The bigger the app, the different the context, obviously that will vary. But for macOS, it just feels like it's a minefield and you know that leaves me looking and going well I'll do this and I'll support macOS but I will only support it through through catalyst
0: I think that's a good idea right now um obviously the thing uh, the whole framework and, and the ecosystem will mature and maybe in a year it's 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 ready for for cool Mac apps but I think uh knowing what I know now this is also what I would do just um, just drop back to drop down to um um it's it's running the iPhone app on the on the on the yes. Mac like that. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, like just comp- like I'm I'm vending from the same code base. I'm also vending an iPhone app. Like of course, some UI is like custom written, but it's just so much smoother, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Like it is a pleasure to work on that iPhone app oh, or iOS app. It also works on iPad. But um yeah. It is it is hard sometimes. Yeah.
1: That's um it is something I've been seeing. There's there's the discourse that pops up on Twitter every so often about how Swift UI is just not ready for production and you know, it's got all these bugs and everything else. And when somebody is particularly angered by this, like the how bad they see Swift UI as being, usually a couple of tweets in and I'll look and it'll be like, Ah oh, yeah, you're doing Mac OS, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is also because many many people uh they have been writing iOS apps for a while so they do know UI kit and I'm in that yes. boat as well but like not as many people know app kit for the Mac so on iOS you can always just drop down to UI kit or like write most of your app in UI and then just use swift ui for yes. certain views but because we don't have, or I'm speaking for the people who don't have that experience, because we don't know AppKit, um, we can't do that on the Mac. And also I hear, I haven't confirmed that myself, but I hear that um, dropping down to AppKit and or writing most of it in AppKit and, and then like just like certain views in SwiftUI is not as easy on the Mac as it is on iOS. So you're kind of fighting with one arm tied behind your yeah. back here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame because uh, part of the promise with SwiftUI was was not that, you know, it's the the right once, and and deployed to many sort of thing. Um, for for UIKit, for iOS, for Catalyst, it seems like that is working. So I, I guess if that yeah. is your background, if you're an iOS developer first, then it's probably better to stay in that lane for the Mac. Unless you really want all the extra dev um, and hacks and workarounds and uh, bits that you just just can't get working, um, I must say for for iOS, though Swift UI is my most enjoyed experience these days. Like when I have to go back to doing UI Kit based stuff um, in a code base that is UI Kit dominated kind of feels a bit like it definitely feels like going backwards to me now in some ways uh just because of that that, that flow oh, yeah definitely that you get to with swift ui
0: i i fully agree and i mean i feel like it's coming on the mac as well it's just like the the fine developers at apple they probably need a bit more time and i i think they have been hit by union discussions by COVID and discussions about do they work on the in the office or mm-hmm. from home, and I mean yeah, it's not it's not super easy. What what does make it more frustrating though is the secrecy because if things are going perfectly and Apple is like, hey, we're not sharing anything about our process, uh, you just have to trust trust us. Then you can kind of trust them, right? But if things are kind of kind of like breaking at the seams and like are kind are a bit problematic Yeah. then it would really help if they if, if apple were more open with us about like hey this is working this it's kind of half working but we are working working very hard on improving it you know these these kind of kinds yeah. of things but that's just not in apple's dna no it's not And and there's there's
1: nothing to sort of tell you tell you uh how there's nothing to quantify the gap if you like You know, like, you could look at um, UIKit and SwiftUI and kind of go, yep, we're, like, 70% there, or whatever that number looks like, you know, for being able to just use SwiftUI or for things to be as smooth as Mm -hmm. possible. And then the Mac is, what, you know, 40% in comparison. And there's nothing to tell you what those percentages really are or, or what that roadmap looks like into the next two or three years. So... I can understand if somebody's making a a proper Mac Mac app. I can understand people going, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'm going to go back to using AppKit then." If that's their background, you know, and 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 just going, "Right, yeah. this, this works. I can get the effect I want." Never mind. Uh, yeah, it's it's a shame, but I, I think I do feel like this will resolve over the next couple of years. Like, I don't think. That Apple is going to suddenly become uncommitted to Swift UI given how good the experience now is on iOS. You know, it just. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I just hope that for the Mac, you know, that experience and parity starts to become a, a thing, and then you know these, this discourse, these discussions, just become a thing of the past. Because it's it's a shame, you know. Like say for for iOS, I, I can. Um, reach a level of fluidity now with SwiftUI where uh, I'm really enjoying what I'm developing Um, and and, Mm -hmm. I got there with with UIKit before but this feels like that and more for me because I can have a UI up and running so quickly and um, sort of say that SwiftUI forces you to think about the routing of your your data and, and where where the source of truth for your state and data in the app is and and I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that that type of thinking too Um, I think whether you're using view models or not or anything like that it doesn't really matter like SwiftUI forces you to think about um, your source of truth for your data I think Uh, on one level or another anyway Um, you may not really realise that's what it's forcing you to do but if you're yeah, when you sort of peel back the layers, it's like, yeah. Okay, that that's that's part of this, you know, it's data driven UI. Um so yeah, I, I hope that the Mac experience reaches that.
0: Yes. Very much so. Um feel free to cut this out, yeah, yeah. but have we talked about this before? I'm getting a deja vu, but I might have might have been someone someone else. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we went
1: down this depth
0: i think we can move on
1: though because it is taught to death in general um, yeah it is
0: it is uh i have another thing to talk to uh to tell you about what i what i did which is um open up your web browser and go to www.telemetrydeck.com okay one second uh and you will see you will see uh the new hey, website
1: brilliant Oh, that's great. So a couple of episodes Uh, about you told me about this was in development, and I think we gave the the dev link out for this.
0: So there's there's still one problem with DNS, which is why you kind of have to type the www at at the beginning right now to see the new one, whereas without it you will, for a day or two more, you will get the old one. But it is finished. It has um, a design. It works on mobile, more or less. Uh, it has all the content that I want to be on there for now. So, yeah, I'm really happy it's about it. Very, very slick. I like that.
1: Oh That's awesome. Yeah, it's actually quite funny. I've just opened another browser up and, and not put the dub 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 in there. And I can compare the two. And the mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the new site is, is a lot cleaner. Um, my eyes can take the, the detail in better as well so that's i think yeah thank you achieved um <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it also just has the same kind of design that the that the web yeah. dashboard has and this is just generally the direction that i want to go in design wise yeah. i
1: think no it's nice it's good um yeah i i'm just logging in actually just to to see everything else in there um it 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 clicks together, um, a lot nicer than before.
0: Yeah, definitely. It looks like it's from the same source. Yeah. As in, like <laughs> previously, like like it might as well have been like two different groups of people who made who made the the website and the dashboard app. Yeah, well,
1: that's good. That's good stuff. It's looking great. Um, so you're using the same same technology for both, there, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's, um. Well, we're using the same design technology. Like um, I'm using Tailwind CSS for the CSS. So that's why um, both of those uh, sites can look very similar because just it's like, the same way of describing the user interface and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but the, the website is actually still made using a static site generator. But I switched to 11T, which is a JavaScript-based, uh, site generator so i can reuse a bit of code from uh from the dashboard Yeah, and also i can like eleventy is that like it's very malleable so i can actually like slurp in content from various different sources like for example the the docs in the docs tab they're just like a bunch of um Markdown files that have their own GitHub repository so that can be public and people can write issues and pull requests against that if they want to help improving the documentation. And also, they can see how the documentation is kind of unfolding. yep Whereas, for example, the block is like I, I have this tiny um, headless CMS, it's called uh, Sanity, I think. And I can just write the blog post in that and then we would just like slurp, slurp the blog posts in from Sanity's API. That's great. That's really really so cool. So yeah, that that works really great. Oh,
1: loving it. Just checking it all in for a second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So the last thing I did today was uh, adding a hamburger menu for um for mobile sizes. Yeah. Especially since like especially the documentation tab. It has this huge sidebar. So I'm I'm just making sure that when you're in the docs part docs part of the website and then then you click or tap the hamburger menu you also see the navigation for the docs so you can see the list of all the articles and stuff like that. That's cool. And I think it works kind of well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. I'm just having a look now. That's great. Really really cool. Ah, you're, uh you're definitely in your element there. I'm I'm currently fighting
0: web dev again actually for for a project i do have i do have great help though so Uh. my my buddy florian is now an official advisor or consultant uh regarding design and development which means that every now and then i will have a call with him and share my screen yep and then and then we will work on it together. And um, he'll usually say something like, "Hey, you're doing it this way too complicated. Just here, let me just replace your 400 lines of JavaScript with one line, and then it will be cleaner and faster and prettier and less error-prone." Yeah. And so that's kind of how, how I'm learning. How I'm learning <laughs> JavaScript. Oh,
1: that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that's really cool. And by the time this episode airs, the DNS will be sorted as well, I imagine. So
0: yeah, let's hope so. Be- so the problem with the DNS is actually, um, so I I I want to move all the servers to Azure. Yeah. And right now the status is that I have a like a duplicate of my server infrastructure, but all converted to Kubernetes, is running on Azure already. Um, But I haven't flipped the switch yet because I'm kind of afraid of it. But one of the features that Azure provide is hosting for static websites, just like the one that you're seeing in front of you. Right. So I was like, okay, let's just use this uh, for the hosting. I don't have to spin up a machine that will have an Nginx running that will serve up the files. It's just basically a thing that will serverlessly, in quotation marks, (laughs) just serve that thing. Um it also works works very well with github actions because github belongs to microsoft now yep. so i can for example like make a pull request and it will spin up a second instance of that thing just for that, just for previewing that pull request this kind of thing so it's really nice yeah and so it has it has been running on a subdomain um i think preview or something like that for a while for for my personal pleasure and now uh, I was like, okay, first of all, let me switch off the www domain and the DNS. And that is easy because you just enter a CNAME. Yep. And then I was like, okay, and now I will move over the other one, like just telemetrydeck.com without the, the www. And that is what's, what, it's, what is called the uh, APEX domain. I didn't know that before. I know now because APEX domains do not allow CNAME entries. And a CNAME entry is what I use. To forward all the content uh, or the or, like all requests <laughs> to Azure's service. I understand. So I'm like, okay, so this doesn't work. Yeah. So this doesn't work. So what do I do? <laughs> and then Azure is like, uh-uh, we don't give you the IP address of the thing that serves your website because it might be different IP addresses depending on your region and stuff like that. You w- yes. you have to use a C name. Ah. And I'm like, okay, this is. This might be a problem. Yes.
1: Ah, that's that's tricky. So have you got anything to get around that yet?
0: Um, I have a few options, but none of them seem really attractive right now. Okay. So option one is to move all the DNS hosting from my uh, provider to Azure as well. Okay. This might work, but I have uh at least twenty uh, uh, entries in that DNS table for telemetrydeck.com because you have I have various subdomains, I have uh various entries for um Google Search Console. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm not using Google Analytics, but Google Search Console uh, is kind of you have to you have to kind of use that. And other uh, like it's different from Google Analytics yes. in that it doesn't actually get integrated into your site, so it doesn't steal any more data than it's than what you're already giving to Google. Um, then you need an entry for like for my mail provider, so they also I can have like Daniel at telemetrydeck.com as my email address. Uh, then another one for the provider that we use for sending the newsletter yep Um, and like it kind of just accumulates and if i make a mistake there then i have a problem (laughs) Uh, because of course also the ingestion api that receives like hundreds of of signals every second is also routed to that (laughs) so (laughs) if i if i um if i kind of make a mistake there then that will have consequences especially since you can't just revert DNS changes they have to propagate and that takes a while um, so yeah so that's option A. Option B is to spin up a tiny machine and that tiny machine will do nothing except um, have an IP address and be like hey nice that you're here you should all actually go to wwwdm <laughs> yep <laughs> and that seems ludicrous to me Yes. And it like it's actually also kind of costly. Like I mean it's not the world, but an actual machine on Azure is not that cheap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that feels like an option, but not the option as it were.
0: Yeah. So it might be option A, but I will have to mull it over for a few more days, I think.
1: Can you can you host and it?
0: And in the meantime people will just Li- live with the fact that the different websites <laughs> are in different endpoints.
1: Could you host that that machine for redirecting somewhere else?
0: I mean, I could, but I'd rather have all my infrastructure in one place. To be honest, yeah, true, true. Um, I mean, I could, I could do exactly that because right now the old website is on a tiny machine that is being hosted by uh, Hetzner in Germany. So I could just like edit that nginx configuration and be like, hey, now this is sending. Let's just sending a redirect to uh, the www domain. But I also I kind of want the domain to be without the www. Yes, by default. Yes, because it just looks cleaner. So you want it the other way around. But yeah, but yeah, that's kind of option C. Just like leave that one machine running. Yeah, I. yeah, this this happiness this
1: feels like something that Azure should be able to support you with to some degree, but I imagine that their their support you with is to go, yes, bring
0: everything to us. Um Which is basically fine, but I somehow don't trust their DNS panel. Like somehow that part of Azure seems really, really error prone. Mm-hmm. Like I have various mistaken spanix of telemetry deck uh, registered as domains as well and I one of those I actually brought over into Azure just to test it out and I don't know like it feels wonky <laughs> it feels unreliable like I, I I add an entry and it just like is a spinner and then I, and I did that two weeks ago and just today I visited that same page and it's still a spinner oh, yes. like no error message no nothing it's just a spinner that says validating
1: right and you can imagine it probably isn't validating it's probably stuck in some fashion um that that seems weird
0: right right so um yeah as long as i i, I i'm not 100% comf- comfortable maybe i just need to experiment some more like with another another domain or something like that
1: yeah yeah um this does feel like something it should. It sh- definitely should work, and and it's probably worth worth reaching out to Microsoft, I guess, to say hey, yeah, you know, what's what's going on here?
0: Yeah, maybe they have they have really good support, like um, uh, especially since we are actually part of their uh, startup program. Yeah, um, so we basically get a free account that is like that should be really really expensive corporate account. And so we, I, I do get excellent support usually. So I've, I've wrote, them, I wrote to them for, a, for one or two issues and they, they have been really nice to me. So that's really helpful. Cool. Uh, uh, that is the website. And now I think you should tell, tell me something about what's happening with your life because I've been talking <laughs> for an hour, I think.
1: Um, well, there's a link there, I guess, in terms of talking about WebDev because the mm-hmm. video to audio app that I've made, um, the little utility I made while I was on holiday, um, it's kind of nearly done. I've, I've got a couple of little tweaks to do to it. Um, but functionality wise, UI wise, it's done. And that was the point. It shouldn't take forever. Um, it's just a tiny little app, but that means that I'm thinking about, okay, landing pages and setting up, um, everything for that. Mm -hmm. And this is the bit that always kind of stumps me when getting an app ready to launch because I'm not a web dev and I don't particularly enjoy it, to be honest, because it's such a context shift from what I'm doing day to day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've been, I mean, I can take the website for uh, GoVJ or any of the other websites I've got, hack it around and turn that into a a landing page for this. That's that's sort of Mm -hmm. option A. Um, Option B is, is there something more turnkey for this? You know, has somebody put together an iOS indie app make-your-own-landing-page kind of script or something? (laughs) You know, because it really is just like, I want something with some screenshots and a bit of blurb and then a link to the App Store and probably a link to the privacy policy, and a link to contact me, and it's done. There's not a lot else it needs to do in terms of being a site. and So that's option B. Is there something turnkey? And then option C is can I just take a step back for a second and make a theme for something like Hugo um, Mm -hmm. or any other static site generator? And then just write markdown files for the main pages. You know, mm-hmm. is is that is that a better option? And would that actually help me for when I have yet another small app idea and I come back to this in a few months' time and go, landing pages.
0: <laughs> so Yeah. I think yeah. I think the theme idea is very a very good idea. Yep. Um have you considered you don't have to like design the landing page yourself? Um like there are like just basically landing page themes for the the bigger like CMSs or static site generators out there and basically you can just like buy one of them or some of them are even free. Yeah. Like I have recommended multiple people for example to host their um uh, their app landing page on GitHub Pages with Jekyll because Jekyll supports GitHub Pages natively, so it's kind of easy to 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 make that work. Yep. And then there are themes like the one that I just sent you, which um which are basically turnkey.
1: Okay. That, um, that sounds. So the
0: one that I sent you is very very turnkey, but you can't you can't really modify anything except maybe upload a screenshot and an icon. <laughs> um but generally if you decide on a static site generator let's say Jekyll yep and then just google for Jekyll landing page template you will find a number of free ones and a number of paid ones which are maybe like 30 to 50 euros or dollars or whatever mm-hmm. and so um this might be like if you don't want to deal with the design and everything this might be a, a good investment
1: yeah yeah i could see that being being quite good i'm just looking at the one you sent me and that's that's good enough for this app straight out of the box um yeah
0: yeah i've used that for libby app which um still online i think okay. um and basically it is a uh portrait screenshot of an I or picture of an iphone and uh, you can just drag in a screenshot of your app in there yeah and then it will say your app's name. It will say it will display an icon and the download in the App Store um, link. And then below that, you can kind of add bullet points for um, the features of your app or something. So Libby Libi app is still online. Uh, Libi Tracker Hang on, I'm sending the link. Yeah. That is uh, an app that I made a few years ago that kind of led into Telemetry Deck because I kind of wanted analytics for this thing, but I really like because it's very a very like personal tracking uh solution i really didn't want to give data to firebase or something like that so i kind of wrote my own analytics solutions for solution for that and that kind of became telemetry deck yeah at least at least in spirit i don't know i don't think any code was shared (laughs) that's great yeah
1: i um yeah i like that and i think um yeah either one of those sort of solutions like that either this theme or something paid with Jekyll is probably the route I need to go. Uh, And I need to figure this one out because I keep hitting this point every single time, and it's like GoVJ needs its own website. That's fine, and that's a bit more tailored because there's a bit more to say. Mm -hmm. But
0: for small app ideas, I don't particularly want to think about it. Yeah and also you need a place to host the privacy policy yes. because you need a privacy policy and you just need a domain that hosts it. Yeah. And so I think maybe there's actually a niche for someone who likes uh like making software as a service product. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. You probably don't want to do it, None. but <laughs> maybe that's a business idea. Just um there is uh a press kit generator for apps. Yep um i have forgotten the name but it will come to me in a second um and and that's that's been really really successful and i think that's a great idea so maybe there needs to be a landing page generator for apps
1: yeah i think so i think it's a small niche in terms of um market but because think about this i don't particularly want to pay lots of money for the for this landing page, either, mm-hmm. but I think there is a niche there. Yeah, certainly, if you're um, if you're offering the whole lot in terms of just pay this fee, put your screenshots and your blurb and everything in here, and then you've now got a site. That's it. You know, and it's like right. however many dollars a month to just keep paying for that to be there. I think that that could work, but um, right. yeah, I suspect a lot of people in this boat are trying to pay very very little because that's the other thing right is that i could pay for a full-on um you know mega mega money thing for something like wordpress get hardly any value out of that i could pay somewhere like wordpress.com for the site hosting and everything else and again pay well over the odds for what it's doing
0: yeah but you don't want to do that
1: absolutely not no
0: um no. I've remembered the name of the Press Kit generator. It's called ImpressKit. Oh, that's not. Nice. ImpressKit.net. Yeah. I also sent you the link. We can add it to the show notes. Um I don't have any affiliation with these people, but I think they're doing a great job. And um actually one person apparently according to the site, Philip Nimichek. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's a great a great like great thing for the community. Um it's it looks very nice and easy and apparently it's um thirty-three bucks a year, which seems very fair.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: so. Um
1: just looking at the one they've got on there for demoing, which is a view of um an app called Switch Buddy. Um right. which is a, a transfer tool for and gallery for Nintendo Switch for screenshots. Um, it looks very nice yeah yeah i like that um there's these sort of very very niche kind of things they are great especially when you can look at them you can go okay right that's that amount for the whole year job done um and this this looks good i will p- i'm just making note of all of these because i'm going to add them to the show notes for the show so anybody listening can can go and have a look
0: very good, very good. <laughs> so many helpful tools, tools for indies. So, zooming back out from web
1: dev and all of this stuff, I guess what I was trying to tell you right at the beginning is that I'm mm-hmm. nearly ready to launch. And by nearly ready to launch, very nice. that means what we're talking near the end of September here. It's probably going to be November before I actually launch the app. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, of course. But that is nearly nearly ready. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the first 90% is done. I've just got the uh, the remaining 90% to do. Um That's that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, I I tell you I, what one thing I did do is I automated my my screenshots for the app at the weekend. Mhm. So that's that's
0: nice. Um So, uh what technique did you use? Did you use the uh, Fastlane?
1: No, no I did not. Um so Ooh. no hate on Fastlane, and we have spoke about this i think before but um oh yeah we did the thing with Fastlane for me is that unless you're using it for everything then having it just for running the screenshots feels like something i don't need in some ways right it, it, yeah I, I get that it's another thing to maintain and um so what i've done is I, i've got a um three ui tests that navigate to the three screenshot places in the app and they trigger a bit of code which came from a blog post by somebody else on this call
0: daniel <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna I was just, I was just gonna plug that yeah 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 um years ago i wrote a blog post about how to automate that and i think it's kind of out of date but apparently it's still useful yes Yes. The bit for taking the
1: screenshot itself is still very useful. Uh, so I've got that and, um, that is then wired up to, I have a script that I, I created, um, off the back of your blog post before for, for GoVJ and that script is very easy to just, um, redirect to and and add to the repository of, of this app. Uh, and yeah, plugged it all together and added some of the new um, iPhone 14 sizes into what it generates, and off it goes. I mean, this this produces me three screenshots for each different size class that I've got it running, each different device. And I probably won't do the extra effort of putting them in frames and giving them titles and things like that for the first launch i'm probably just going to use blunt Mm -hmm. screenshots because again it's a small app and i just want it out there uh Mm -hmm. so that's that's job done so yeah the next step is um landing page press kit uh, a couple more bits inside of the app itself Um, at the moment there's no way for people to to pay me anything uh which is a, a bit remiss <laughs> uh, so I need to put either a a paywall or an unlock mechanism or something in there that kind of gives that that opportunity for people to give me money because uh, the app should mm-hmm. should support itself. And when all of that is done, then then I'm in a position to start to ship. So yeah, by the time the website's done, I've then kind of got the copy for the App Store as well somewhere in amongst all of that. Uh, so bring all those things together and hopefully it's not going to be the next show, but maybe the show after we might be able to talk about it being launched.
0: Very nice. I'm very much looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to see where it's going and how the, like how everyone will be using it. Yeah. Did you get, did you get uh, test flight feedback? I got test flight feedback
1: mainly on the things that were um, not working quite so well or bugs and that sort of thing. Uh, so no real sort of feature requests, but then it is it is such a niche. It's like, you know, you've got a video, you want the audio in the audio format. So you import the video, you trim it to where you want and then hit the export button and that's it. And then you've got an audio file that you can export to files or upload anywhere or do whatever you want with it. It's It's an app for that moment where you're like, ah, I just need a thing to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know again it's not going to make mega books or anything like that but it's it's an idea that I wanted out of my head and I've had fun making it and I'll definitely have fun sort of putting it into the store and seeing what happens as well you know I think, I think what's going to happen is very few people really uh, need it um, but I mm-hmm. kind of hope that the people who need it in that moment get more out of this app than they might do with something else I think because the thing that annoys me with a lot of these sort of utilities is that you go to use it, it kind of works, but it's like really unloved as an app, so it feels really clunky. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just as you're kind of going, okay, yeah, I can use this, this does what it does, you get met with a full modal advert one of those (laughs) awfully embedded things that's a web view really that's full screen and you can't hit the close button and you're looking at it just going i don't want to give you money right now you've pissed me off
0: (laughs) no no you have to solve the rube goldberg machine before you even can click the x button
1: yeah exactly all of that sort of stuff um and so that's that's where this app sort of fits like hopefully you download it in that moment you don't get pissed off it does what you need it to do and there's a gentle nudge to say hey you know you can have this for this much to just keep doing this like some sort of single in-app right. purchase and it'll probably be based off like nagging you every every so many exports or if you need to export something over a certain length of time like a, a big file then maybe it's going to pop up at that point as well. Um, that sort of stuff. So nothing, you can still use it. You can use it for small clips. Um, but then, yeah, there's a there's a nudge to go, hey, unlock it to be able to use it without this getting in the way. But I'm annoying people with my own request rather than annoying them with adverts because I don't care about ad revenue.
0: Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So... Yeah, I feel like I feel like you need you need a, a very large volume to really make money with ads on in apps these days. Yes,
1: yes, you do. And and again, it's an 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 end of things that can work for the right thing. But for me, it just feels like that's not where I want to play as an indie. And this was a case of mm-hmm. like I have an idea, I just want it in the store. Um, and the experience of building the thing and putting it there is what I really wanted from from this um which i think is typical for me with any of, of my indie apps really uh but uh no it's it's been fun and one of the challenges here as well was was what i touched on at the beginning which is mm-hmm. that i wanted an app that was swift ui almost entirely as well i mean go vj2 is kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah
0: Oh, I I almost forgot to tell you. I I wrote another app. Oh, that's very naughty after (laughs) you've just
1: divested yourself of Um, of previous apps and and made them open source.
0: um, Yeah, no. um, Actually, this new app is open source as well. Um, I was on vacation in Sweden with a few of my buddies. And um, so one of my buddies, Niels, he's an avid bird watcher. And so for days, he's been like, hey, do you know any app that will like if if I give it a, a list of four hundred bird names, will give me auto completion in a text field so I can just very quickly log the birds that I'm seeing while I'm seeing them? Yep. And I'm like, huh, I don't really know, but like it probably would be um wouldn't wouldn't be too too much too much work. So finally, I was like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> implement this because it's uh it's a quick way of just going um of just writing a swift u i app with um core data and basically we sit we sat down for three hours or so and wrote only birds a birding app <laughs> uh, it has it has core data it has a list of bird names for different languages. Uh, right now it only has the german bird names but it will be able to just download bird names from the internet if you give it a like a text file like a link to a text file with just like one name per line mm-hmm. and then it will just like you can just log a bird it will like take note of the time and the location and all the birds that you've seen uh, entered via autocomplete clip autocompletable text field and that's it uh, it is open source on my private github account i can link to that yeah um and it has i will never look at this app again
1: uh
0: probably because it was just a one-off and actually my my buddy my buddy can can, can continue working with that if he wants to yes but it has has actually been very fun to write. Just this very funny little app with all the very silly bird names. The app itself <laughs> has a funny name, yes, because it it's, it's called Only Birds, which is fun because it has only birds. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, but the other like the other time, the rest of my week in Sweden, I kind of spent just lying around reading very good books and uh some bad ones <laughs> and some hiking and yeah it was very 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 fun I've, I've read like my favorite book of the trip was uh 16 ways to defend a walled city which is a weird fantasy book that i enjoyed a lot and it reminded me of terry pratchett's style okay that sounds very interesting to
1: to me um that would definitely be within my interests
0: uh-huh. yeah i can recommend it ah.
1: Sounds like a week well spent.
0: <laughs> it was.
1: Huh, only one app made, but that's uh, good because you've needed the rest. But, I mean, you oh, made an yeah. app. You still made an app while you're on holiday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did. I did. But other than that, I, I recu- recuperated beautifully. Yeah. And I feel like I have slightly more energy for the world, which is very nice. That's great stuff. And obviously, that's...
1: Um, translated straight into all the updates on telemetry deck that we've talked about as well you've yes. come back and hit the ground yes. running uh well daniel on that note i think i need to begin on with the rest of my day here when we record it's early morning my time later evening your time
0: which is just perfect for me yeah i don't know if it's perfect for you but it's perfect for me it's mostly
1: perfect for me certainly once i've had my coffee it's fine um, awesome. Always good talking to you. But anyway, I think that brings us to the end of the show. So, before we go, Daniel, where can people find you online?
0: People can find me at Break the System on Twitter. You can go to um, www.telemetrydeck.com uh, for Telemetry Deck, my uh, very, very good private uh, app analytics service, and. You can follow my cats at Mimi plus Momo on Twitter. Oh. Where can people find you? Well, people can find me on Twitter
1: at David Gary Wood. That's Gary with one R. Uh for my apps, I often tend to link GoVJ, but today I'm going to link my main site for my little indie app company, uh, which is lightbeamapps.com. And from that website, Such you can a great find name. everything I've made. And the reason I'm linking that is because if the video to audio app is in the store by the time this airs, then that's probably a very good place to go for it.
0: Perfect. Then all we have to say is goodbye. I wish you a very amazing day. Thank and you. I hope to hear from you soon. Catch you soon. Yeah, bye.